Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. It seems like um, things are conspiring against us to get back to this normal. And yet, um, God is bigger than all of that. Mm. And the God that's with you and in your heart and the God that's with us here and the God, the, the Jesus, who is the, the living word, he's, he's, he is the, we are part of his body. That link between, you know, Ephesians talks about Jesus being the head of the body and we being the parts of that body, that that is not destroyed no. by social distancing. No. Um, that relationship that we have with Christ and with one another, it's, it's like mm. written, written for eternity. Uh, now, we, we are the elect, the chosen ones of God. That does not change. No. And... Uh, we are one in Christ. We are one with him, united with him. We are united with one another. His spirit still, the spirit of God hasn't departed from your soul, my soul, or from the church, or from the world. He's not taking his leave. So everything that we are in Christ Jesus remains. And I think that's that's what we've got. We've got to gra- grasp hold of that, uh, become, uh, let, let it deeply, deeply embed in our hearts. But that is, that is the reality. And that is the hope that we give to the world. Because the world is thinking it's falling apart. Everything's disintegrating. But everything holds together in Christ. Right. And we are the ones who are held together in Christ. So while, oh, words of that hymn, while all around my soul gives way, how does that finish? Someone tell me. Um, he is my, oh. Too old, Martin. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Come on. Anyway, you know, I, some of you may know there's a hymn that says, everything else falls apart around me, but Jesus remains the solid anchor. Okay, uh, for my soul and for us. So that's the hope which we have together. I'm going to invite us to, uh, uh, if everyone can mute, um, I think you are all muted at the moment. Um, if you can mute, uh, if you haven't done, and I'm going to uh, lead us in a couple of prayers that we can pray together uh, just to open our time. And then we're going to be handing over to Ellie who will continue to lead us in worship. So um, so let's say this prayer together. Well, it's, it's Psalm 100, from, from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. 
enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. His Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now let's pray this together. As a church, we pray that as we meet together this morning, we may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation so they may know him better and that the eyes of our hearts may be opened to know the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparably incomparably great power he has for us who believe. Amen. Amen. Ellie, thank you. Over to you. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm actually, uh, we're going to sing um, about God's creation and greatness uh, today. Romans 1 verse 20 says, God's eternal power and character cannot be seen, but from the beginning of creation, God has shown what these are like by all he has made. Um, God's, so uh, the proof of God's, God's magnificence and wonder and power um, is there for us to see every day in, in God's creation. So, um, uh, and that's the, 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 um, the verse that sort of came to me as I was thinking about worship. And um, uh, so I'd like us to worship, worship God for his creation um, this morning. Um, and I guess tying in with what Dad has said about nothing changes, God's, you know, God's creation is out there. Um, and we can still look and see his beauty and his glory just as we look. I'm looking that way because that's the window and I can see the trees and the bushes and the hills. Uh, I can see the clouds, the dull clouds but, and the rain and the powerful wind. And I can know that God is still our powerful God who made his intricate um, creation that just hangs together in perfect balance because he is a perfect God. Um, so we're going to start by singing um, Indescribable by Chris Tomlin. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you have created us. You have created uh, your world for us to live in. Um, I thank you for uh, for uh, the, the trees, uh, the beauty, the flowers, the majesty, the mountains, the seas, the, uh, the oceans, the depths, the, um, the heights up in the skies, the birds, Father, everything, just and such variety. Um, and we're still now uh, discovering new species, Lord, that you, that you created for us to, for us to find and, and be fascinated in. Um, and God, it all just shouts 
praise to you um, of your splendor, of your beauty. Lord, you are incredible. Even the virus is the most amazing uh, creation of yours that actually has a purpose in this world. Um, and I, I just thank you that you hold it all in your hands. Um, you are uh, the one who, um, who, who, with uh, the minutest infinite detail uh, to the biggest, strongest thing, Lord, you have it under your control and in your power. And I thank you that you are my almighty God. I bow before you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for all the colours that you've made. The autumn and the spring and all the leaves have all different colours. Um, and it changes from day to day. And you never stay the same, and yet you are always the same, Lord. Your Holy Spirit blows where it will, like the wind blows where it will. Lord, we just praise you for the indescribable beauty of your creation and the beautiful colours that you've made. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that um, the beauty that we see is coming from the dying, from death. And uh, it's death that brings the variation of colour and texture and beauty to our eyes. And, and I think, Lord, of the death of Christ that had brought beauty and life for us and our dying to, ones, to ourselves brings the life of Christ um, out. It's our weakness that brings strength. It's the, uh, so I thank you, Lord, that when we do look, when we, when we look at nature, we, we see echoes and mirrors of our own life, yeah. your life and our life hid in you. Amen. 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 Let's um, sing crown him with many crowns. I think, yeah, the, the lyrics in this one uh, just magnify the, uh, the Lord. Okay, I think at this moment it's over to Justin, I'll leave him to sort of introduce uh, at least part of our theme for this morning. Morning, everybody. So we are getting back to our Cafe Church themes. Um, we didn't send out the scripture that we're going to be looking at today because we're looking at four chapters of the Bible, really, in our story. But before we get to that, um, family time, family news. We have birthdays, or definitely a birthday in, in my area in the house. So May, I believe, is hiding off screen, to use the technical phrase. It was her birthday yesterday. Is she hiding? <laughs> Happy birthday for yesterday, May. We're going to take this opportunity to pray for you. Um, then... Rather than sing happy birthday, I think everybody just ought to unmute themselves and just shout happy birthday at May. Are we up for that? Right, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for May and for the life that she brings to our church. 
and everything that you have created her uniquely to be. We pray that this year coming will be a very special year for her and she will grow closer to you and more into this unique character that you have created her to be. And she will be blessed by us as a church family, but even more will be blessed by her as part of our church family. We thank her for, thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, everybody, unmute yourselves. I'll do the signal of one, two, three, and let's all shout happy birthday at May. Are we ready? Unmuted. One, two, three. Happy birthday, May. It's that birthday out of the way. Now, we probably all know that May shared the birthday, and I, I can get in trouble for doing this. So there was another special birthday yesterday. <laughs> and Sue, I believe, has um, probably gained an age of um, definite adulthood, shall we say, yesterday. Uh, so, Sue, happy birthday for yesterday. And I think, yes, we need to pray for Sue. And then we'll do the same. We'll shout happy birthday to Sue, but maybe not quite so loudly because she, she has joined the elderly. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Father, we thank you for Sue. Thank you for everything you've equipped her to be um, and everything she's brought to Living Stones over the years and to community-wise. Um, and we thank you that... Uh, as the two organisations, we are where we are today for the unique equipping that you have given Sue and everything that she has brought. We pray that this year will be a year of blessing for Sue and for Martin. Um, where society says they should start to slow down, we know that, God, you have your own plans. And we, play, we pray that this year you will develop whatever plans you have for this next part of their lives together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right, you ready? You ready to scare Sue? One, two, three. Happy birthday! Right, that's that silliness out of the way. I remember 10 years ago, um, there was uh, a, a Liz and some of the ladies did a song, Run Around Sue. Do you remember that? For your no, I wasn't there. <laughs> you don't remember that, Mark? Yeah. I can't. I can't recall it, but so I can't sort myself. You're muted, Mark. Old. Hold on, I've got, I've got yeah. Sorry, when you get old, you forget things. Okay, so if everybody can mute themselves back up now, and I will get on with what I'm supposed to be doing, which is family time. <laughs> so I want to um, do family time in a way that I did one months ago now, it seems. I'm going to pitch a film to you. You are my sounding board. If you like, you're my dragon den of investors for my film. So our story starts with this. Imagine the vistas, the titles start to roll. We have a picture of Bethlehem. Not the picture you expect of Bethlehem. Oh, no. There's no manger and there's no babies. There's no sheep. There's famine and there's no food. And we have a husband and wife who, who set off on a journey. Um, it's gonna be quite a contemporary setting. Um, if you chose not to do Bethlehem, they may be coming across the channel in a boat because the, this couple become refugees. 
So they go from Bethlehem, which is in Judah, to Moab and become refugees and try and establish a life. And in establishing this life, they have two sons and their two sons uh, grow and love stories happen and there's a marriage. Well, there's two, actually. Um, Enter our heroine into this this family. Um, And our heroine will be called Ruth. And, you know, as with all films, I think we can allow ourselves a couple of scenes of happiness, of happy family life for this refugee family in a new country, but having married into the culture. But then life happens. Uh, the husband's going to die, uh, and then both both the sons will die. So so we're left with this, this refugee um, lady and her two daughter-in-laws. Quite how we're going to do that, I'm not too sure, but, you know, our creative writers will, will work our way around those scenes. Um, but what then is going to happen? Well, I think we need to pitch the story in this way of actually we're going to flip this tale on its head. And the mother-in-law decides that she wants to go home, back to the country that she fled. Um, which means she will no longer be a refugee, but she will be all on her own. And she tries to send her daughter-in-laws home because she doesn't want them to have the refugee experience. Um, one, I think, will quite gladly accept it because, you know, a bit more comfortable back at home, don't want to go somewhere I don't know. But our heroine refuses to leave the mother-in-law. So we then focus... now. This could become a bit of a road movie at this point, possibly, of their journey going from Moab as two, two women on their own, um, going back to Bethlehem. And it's role reversal. The younger one is now the refugee, and the mother-in-law is the returning um, matriarch, I think is the word. So they take them to uh, Bethlehem and... There is still some family there and the town looks out and says, oh, we recognise this lady. She, she's a bit older than we remember and she's on her own. And they make a bit of family reunion. You know, we've got to have some feel good in this film somewhere. It's all a bit doom and gloomy at the moment. Um, but they're back. And this is a sort of society that actually these, these ladies don't have anything. So they need to eat somehow. And... This lady remembers that she has a family member who owns some fields and she recommends that her daughter-in-law goes out while they're harvesting and she introduces this word which is going to be quite interesting because it's called gleaning um, and this girl doesn't know what that is and so she explains it and basically we're going to have this vista of these fields and we have these, these um, young men with manually harvesting and we'll have this lady just scouting around the edges of the field, picking up the bits that they drop, which is what gleaning is, so that they have some food, some bits of crops, some bits of wheat or barley, whatever they're growing, we'll, we'll have to decide what's the most visual. Um, but the owner of the field notices, and this is where our, our next love story is going to kick in, because he rather likes what he sees. Um, so the casting is going to be really key here. And... But he instructs his field workers in the field to, to look after this young lady without her really knowing it. So maybe drop 
a bit more grain around the edge of the field. And when you're stopping for a water break, make sure she has some water as well. And make sure she's not being harassed by anybody else. And this goes on during the harvest. And this, this widow and, and her daughter and all have enough grain to eat. And then it comes to light that actually this widow does own a bit of land. Um, but somebody has a claim to it. So we, this is the jeopardy which is going to come into this film of what's going to happen. Because the person who has a claim to the land also has a claim to her daughter-in-law. And now this guy who owns the field where she's been working quite likes her. So they hatch a plan to try and work this, this all out. And we could do this quite contemporary-wise. We could have it as... Um, quite a heavy discussion around a boardroom table or just in the middle of the field. But basically it needs to be a lot of toing and throwing of, oh, I want the field. No, I want the field. But if you have the field, you get the girl. But I don't want the girl. But I want the girl. Do I want the field? You know, that sort of thing. Um, but the core of this story will cut to a really feel-good end of this story, which is going to be a wedding. Because the guy whose distant cousin, I think, will make it to this young widow gets the girl in the end. What do you reckon? Is it a believable story? Would it make a good film? I reckon it possibly could. But there's bits in this that we really need to look at and put out. And it is this whole question of what is the right value a that we put in people how we redeem things because that's what the bible uses kids in the language here this field need had a redeemer if you look at it in your bible because there was a debt owed on it and this is where when we look at it later it's one of the things which struck me of the use especially in the version that i was reading reading of the redeemer was coming to redeem the field, but didn't want to redeem Ruth and reinstall Ruth and her mother-in-law to, to their rightful status of women in their community. So this is a, a story that we really need to think about and look at. Kids, I would really encourage you to go and find it in whatever Bible you've got it in and read it for yourselves. Um, it's an interesting story about how we value people, how we stick by people. Ruth could have gone home to her family and left her mother-in-law, but she didn't. And I think it will make a good plot for a film. I will leave it there and we'll talk about it later. Amelia's showing me her Bible already. I'm pretty sure it's in your one. I'll be surprised if it isn't. And kids, you've got worksheets I sent out so that when we're talking later, you've got some other stuff on Ruth to do. Back to Martin. Okay, yeah, can we see your Bible? So, uh, uh, um, Amelia, you, you've, you've got the story in your action Bible. Yeah, we've got some colour in there, already done. Yeah, well done. And, and yeah. Well done. And, and, and Jess, is that, uh, is that um, Ruth or Naomi? I'm Liz and this is Ruth. Oh, sorry, Liz. <laughs> it's Ruth. Great. Sorry, I mistook you for your sister. Oh, forgive me. That looks a fantastic colouring you've done there. Anything else that people have done so far? Mm, right. Oh, yeah, what have you done, Rob? 
I can't really claim the credit. It was Jess. She's plowing through the worksheet, and uh, they've both they've both done the maze as well. So, oh, fantastic! Thank, thank you, Justin. Thanks to Justin yeah, for all these. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And um, adults, you can access this stuff to do it yourself if you'd like to. If you want to do the maze or the worksheet, it's all there for you in your inbox. So uh, don't feel you're missing out. Shortly, we will be uh, going into. Uh, smaller groups and um, just to uh, highlight uh, what we will be doing in those groups remember the, the questions that um, we used to do in cafe church and I'll put it up on your screen now I'll come uh, I'll remind you again later but as, as we've read the, the, the story of Ruth, some of you will be familiar with it. Some of you will, I hope, have just read it recently, um, although I didn't give you much time to do that. Um, so here are five questions. You don't have to cover all of them. And this will be uh, later. Um, you don't have to cover all of them. But here are some thoughts to think about. I Things that you really like about the story of Ruth. Um, bits that you find you struggle with I didn't really like that bit uh, something you've never seen before uh, something you didn't understand and then something in the story that will change you will make a difference because that's what the bible is there for that, that our lives are changed uh, so through it so just to uh, do a heads up with you that that's what we'll be doing shortly if you Look, in, if you've got a Bible there and, and you look with me, and I'm going to be reading from the New International Version, just to add a little bit to uh, Justin's great storytelling there. Uh, I, I really do think it'd be a fabulous film. Uh, you know, um, come on, Steven Spielberg, come and do something with it. You know, comes from your tradition. So, uh, yeah. So... What was the story of Ruth all about? Well, if you come to the end of chapter four in Ruth, and uh, it, it just tells how Boaz uh, took Ruth as his wife and how that uh, she had a son. She conceived and bore a son by Boaz. And the women said to Naomi, her mother-in-law, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. That was that was Boaz. Boaz was the, like the savior of their family. May he become famous throughout Israel. Well, Boaz did become famous throughout Israel, but not because of him so much as his son and who his son would become. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap and cared for him. And the women living there said, Naomi has a son. Remember, she had lost her own sons. But now she's got um, a grandson through her daughter-in-law. And they named him Obed. He was father of Jesse, the father of David, 
This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram. Do you get ever bored with these Bible genealogies? Here's one. Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Ruth's son, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. And then if we turn to the New Testament and we go to the very first chapter of the new testament the very first verse of the first chapter of matthew in the new testament it says a record of the genealogy of jesus christ the son of god the son of abraham the son of david the son of abraham sorry not the son of god the son of Ab son of david the son of Abraham. If you read through that genealogy, you get this. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. And if you go right to the end of the genealogy, it comes to, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now, in that genealogy, four women are mentioned, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. All, all women in the Old Testament with a, well, what shall I say, a colourful story to them, a different story. And Ruth is one of them. And it's just a wonderful expression of the amazing providential grace of God. He chose, in this case, a Moabite refugee woman to be part of his own ancestry. Uh, and our theme today, we will pick up with this theme of refugees, actually. And, you know, the refugee issue in the world is uh, a, a difficult and problematic one. We know that politically. But through the, new t through the Bible, we have refugees playing a significant part in God's story. And here's one example. Another example, of course, is that Jesus himself was a refugee, uh, had to escape to Egypt uh, for safety. We'll be picking up the theme of refugees later. OK. I think at this point we'll go. We're going to go to our breakout rooms twice today. And the first time we're just going to go together just to share around what we learn from this uh, story of Ruth. And I've got to go now into breakout. Bear with me, I'm still a bit slow on this. So I'll, um, I'll just put back up on the screen 
the five questions. Okay, so I'm going to open the room. You'll you'll find yourself joining somebody or one or two other people, and uh, just just share together around the, the the book of Ruth and what what the Lord is teaching us through this. Hope this works. You're going to be in your rooms for ten minutes, and you'll get a sixty second warning when you'll be automatically uh, brought back into the main session. So God bless you as you learn together. Let me pray first. Father, I pray that as we look at your word together, Lord, you will teach us, deepen our relationship and walk with you through this wonderful story of Ruth. In Jesus' name. Amen. everybody actually amazingly the breakout rooms doesn't doesn't put the leader out in the rooms so we were nowhere so i'd really like to hear what uh you had to share with each other and uh, what thoughts you uh, brought that you can share with no you. we're going to keep you in suspense we're not going to tell you <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do actually we could listen in but we chose not to oh, could we? oh, oh I yes. didn't know yes. that oh, oh yeah. yeah we can dive from them yeah <laughs> Eagles. yeah you've got too much power in your fingertips yeah, <laughs> but we chose to not to use it <laughs> yeah okay so um, let's have some of your the thoughts that you shared, that you learned, things that you learned, things that you shared with each other. Over to you. <coughs> you have to unmute if you're going to say anything. We don't want you all to be really shy. <laughs> We're just all being polite. No one wants to go first. said <laughs> how, how lovely Ruth was so loyal. And she was Ruth was loyal, yeah. <laughs> back with Naomi and, and she was taking the initiative to go go by Boaz she took, she took the initiative to sit by Boaz feet I'll sit by Boaz feet yeah. yeah okay yeah that's right yeah so that reminds me of of, of Jesus actually we uh, choose to sit by Jesus' feet, and um, uh, obviously, then he he embraces us, as it were, into his family and into his life. So yeah. Um, any any other things? Then someone else next. Well, she was unselfish, wouldn't she? And was prepared to go where Naomi went to die, as she died, and everything, and really not realising the legacy that would come from her um, trusting God, really, mm. And, mm. and everything. I mean, it changed her. It changed our lives. Yeah. Um, yes. Such Amen. a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. You never know. No. You never know what the future holds. No. How God uses. I just said about the time I was in a hotel in um, overlooking Bethlehem and I 
read the book of Ruth and I realised, I had that picture of Ruth and Naomi coming back and I realised we had to stand with the Jewish people. Yeah. As Ruth and Naomi came back and I realised that I needed to stand with the Jewish people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. good, Robin, yeah. It's coming out of the um, pagan world and one thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've just thought, well, I didn't say this in our group because we ran out of time, but um, it's just a, it's just another reminder, a wonderful picture of how God sees family and that you, it doesn't have to be blood, that you, you can be adopted into a family because yes. um, Obed was not um, Naomi's blood's grandchild and yet she loved him as a grandchild. Yes. Jesus was not um, of Joseph by blood and yet... We, we're reading this as the genealogy of Jesus and yeah. so it's not about it's about so much more than blood isn't it it's about love and mm. um, belonging in such a much more profound and deeper way yeah I haven't, I haven't put that very well but you know what I mean no, no, John, that's such an excellent thought yes. that's us the church isn't it we're yes family we're not united by blood but we're actually united by something really even stronger than blood yeah. And yeah. it will last longer than blood, and that is obviously our, our um, lineage through Jesus. It's, yeah, amazing. And we didn't pick it up, but Boaz's lineage is, is yeah. astonishing as well, because yeah. Boaz was the daughter of Rahab. Yeah. And the son of Rahab, not the daughter, he's the son of, the son of Rahab, who was a Canaanite. Yes. Yeah. And possibly a prostitute as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and Thomas is a, a, a pillaging pirate. <laughs> <laughs> we um we talked along similar lines about the about the genealogy, about who God chose to be part of Jesus's genealogy, um, and that it didn't matter what race actually you were. He looked at the heart, yeah. and uh, he saw the heart of Rahab. And even though in her society, you know, she probably wasn't anything particularly special, and she was definitely not a descendant of Abraham, and yet he knew he saw her heart and chose her to be part of his son's genealogy same with Ruth uh, uh, it was it was the heart and you kind of um, and then we don't hear about I don't know about I mean obviously David's heart was the same loyal faithful um, humble um, contrite ready to ready to do God's will and then um, you get down to Joseph and he you know he made a mistake he was going to uh, leave Mary um, but he didn't he obeyed and he was faithful even even when um, uh, he, he actually would have been really frowned on for marrying her and so he like Ruth and Naomi um, they, it, it's kind of God God chooses those people to be in his family and so it's, it is like like similar to what Joe was saying um, he he looks beyond everything else and sees the heart and says, "I want you. You've got my heart. You be in my family." Yes, it would be. I've never done it. It'd be an interesting study to go through that genealogy in Matthew, particularly perhaps Matthew's one. It seems to be as much a genealogy of faith as it is a genealogy of blood. Mm. Um, you know, starting yes. with Abraham himself, yeah. man of faith. Um, yeah, 
Don't, don't you think that Jesus, um, is it John 10, where he has this discussion with the Pharisees and everyone, and they say, but our father's Abraham. You know, they're going for the bloodline. Yes. Uh, and yes. Jesus quite, quite yeah. immediately says, no, your father's Satan. <laughs> you know, it's like so. We have a choice of two fathers. One yeah, is yeah, God yeah. the Father, yeah. or we live in pagan yeah, Satan is yeah, our yeah. father. So yeah. they were claiming genealogy, and Jesus was declaring faith. Yes, yeah. yes. I think it's John ten. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. There were thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that this story of Ruth is read in every synagogue at, at Passover. Um, and so it's, you know, it reminds actually the Jewish people that David um, has a, a Gentile ancestor, which is an interesting thing that they are reminded of at Passover of all times. But um, another a point we, we picked up on, and one I hadn't really seen before, um, but it, it, I've always thought this story, the romance, was a sort of, a sudden, almost a weekend romance, uh, or, or at most a week. Um, but actually, if you look at the last verse, I think it's chapter two. Um, it, 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 this is it starts at the beginning of the barley harvest, but she stays right through the wheat harvest that follows. And the barley harvest is in April, but the wheat harvest isn't towards the end of May and oh, into yeah. June. And so she is staying in her mother-in-law's home um, for at least two or three months. It's it's not an it's it's not a quick affair. It, no, it's, no, uh, the no, story takes yeah. two or three months to unfold. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And from there into the marriage, probably this process of establishing uh, the legal rights of ownership of the land and, and, and who take that probably would have taken some time. Yes, and Margaret yeah. made the point that actually, rather intriguingly, there are the 10 elders um, at the city gate, um, and then you have Boaz and the other, uh, other kinsmen who doesn't want to, uh, to marry uh, Ruth, and so you've got 12 people at the city gate. And that, uh, uh, and that re reminds us of, not of, of the 12 tribes, but it also reminds us of the 12 disciples. Yes. Um, yeah. yes. Uh, it, it, it's the minion. They need 10 witnesses to make a formal decision. The minion plus two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a strange idea. What happened? Did the man walk home with one shoe missing or what? <laughs> I look. I think what happened? Is sure. Why what you do? Is there a special thing about that? Anybody? <laughs> he hopped home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He walked on air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any more thoughts? I, I just uh, had one thought. Um, yeah, that um, actually those who befriend God's people, um, God blesses those people, and uh, uh, it's it's you know in the in the New Testament Jesus is saying those who 
look after you will be looked after or they will be blessed. So um, the, the key, we are so important as oh, good people. Uh, first, the, the Jewish line, but also <laughs> then us, the, the, uh, the people who've been grafted in to this great big family of God that uh, he's growing. So um, we are, you know, our names will also be there in these huge genealogies um, when uh, when the whole thing is is wrapped up and uh, and God it ushers in um, the new heaven and the new earth. So praise God. There's always so much to learn, isn't there, and to bless one another with. So family important relationships important and uh, being uh, united to christ important thank you lord amen amen okay so actually continuing with the theme of refugees and uh catching up on some news really of folk that we support as a church in uh, Malawi. So I'm going to share now um, a PowerPoint. I'm going to talk through it. So um, uh, you can watch the pictures on the screen and, and listen as I talk us through uh, this PowerPoint. Okay, so I hope you can all see that. Um, so tucked away in the southeast of Africa is the landlocked country of Malawi. Malawi, there you are. If you look at the size, it's a bit smaller than the UK. And it is known as the warm heart of Africa. Now, near the capital uh, of Malawi, uh, the capital is called Lilongwe. And just, just north of Lilongwe is a huge, massive refugee camp. And the name of this refugee camp is Dzalika. Uh, there's uh, a, a picture of the entrance to Dzalika there. And in fact, if you go, if you Google Dzalika, you can get lots of information about it. It's a United Nations run uh, refugee camp. And uh, the, the camp has over 41,000 inhabitants. And they come largely from the war-torn areas of, uh, of Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, particularly Rwanda, Burundi, Somalia, and Ethiopia. Uh, there's a lot of tribal warfare in these areas, as well as so ethnic and religious uh, refugees um, have fled those countries and settled in. Malawi. Now, while we, when we went to, um, uh, to, to Blantyre, Malawi, as a, a little team from Living Stones two years ago, um, we met uh, a couple with their son, uh, Trezor Fallon, um, then from the Democratic Republic of Congo, then their Oh, their second language is French, uh, their third language is uh, Malawian, uh, Kwacha, and uh, their fourth language is English. Uh, and they have a little son, and his name is Windy. 
and uh, here they are in, in close up. Um, so Prezor on the right, on the left, Fallon uh, and uh, uh, Uindi. Now Prezor, Fallon, and Uindi are themselves refugees from the war-torn Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, actually, I've not. Didn't, while we were there and we met them, I didn't actually hear their story from them firsthand, and I don't have it clearly in my head. But I know someone who does, and that is Johnny, because Johnny, when he went to Blantyre, met them as well, and um, they told him their story. And it's absolutely, I mean, a tragic story. I mean, they escaped from the Congo and were separated for a while and amazingly met up again in Dzulaika. Uh, and their lives were under great threat um, while they were uh, back in the Congo. So they're now in a place of safety, but away from their homeland. So they moved back from, so we met them in, in Blantyre. Uh, and since then they have moved back to the refugee camp in Lilongwe. Uh, and they've started something called Foundations for Farming, uh, a project, uh, a, 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 an African-wide project, which is um, going all over the world. There's, uh, there's a Foundations for Farming project in Ashburnham uh, as well. And they also went to set up a new YWAM, Youth with a Mission, base in, in the camp. Can we just say that um, Alicia Whisker has joined the Ashburnham Foundations for Farming oh, project. Oh, she has indeed, yes. Uh, and she started la either last Monday or the Monday before. So um, no doubt we'll hear news of, of how that's going in um, Ashburnham, in the walled garden. So Foundations for Farming, formerly Farming God's Way, is an initiative, and this is from uh, their uh, vision statement, it is an initiative for the preaching of the gospel, for the strengthening and planting churches, extending the kingdom of God with an emphasis on sustainable agriculture as a model for life transformation of individuals, communities and nations. And the uh, sort of the, the fuzzy picture behind those words are the um, the. Foundations for Farming Training Centre uh, in Malawi, which actually happens to be in Blantyre as well, which we visited. So back in Dazalaika, very soon after they arrive, the Windy's new little brother, Hope, was born. Is he a brother or a sister? No, no, he's a brother. Okay. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Two more guys joined them and they went on uh, a discipleship training school, DTS, uh, to uh, equip them for joining the team in the camp. And uh, they were joined for a short time by a team from the United States and then uh, another DTS mission, short-term mission team uh, came over to help them establish the project. Now, almost exactly a year ago, with Livingstone's help, they purchased a plot of land. And you can see it uh, here in its raw state. And you can see the dimensions there, uh, just over an acre of land. 
and the ground was prepared and the seeds were sown. So that's um, uh, Trezor with the hat. And um, so they started to plant. And the first crop of maize began to grow. And uh, here it is getting uh, large. This is all through the last 12 months. And then they had their harvest time. I think this, they, they plant, didn't only plant maize, uh, they planted some ground nuts. I think this may have been uh, the ground nut harvest, which wasn't actually so successful. Um, they did also plant soya. And uh, my, my farming knowledge doesn't go far enough to know which of those two were being harvested here. Uh, and here they are, uh, just joyfully <laughs> together. They shall reap with joy, Psalm 126. And here are some of the first fruits from their first harvest. Uh, so Tresor reports, uh, the first part we cultivated maize and then we cultivated soya and groundnut and we harvested 17 bags of maize that's 891 uh, kg and soya 123 kg and then he says the ground nuts we didn't have a good product we don't know if it was because of the rain we have decided to keep them in store waiting to sell them in september or october when the price will be good so that we can also have profit according to the money that we have spent on the farm we didn't harvest as we were expecting but we thank God for that and hope that this year he, he will bless us much because now we know the soil or how the soil of Malawi is behaving. Thank you for being with us, for your support in this journey. We are in. Be blessed and my greetings to all. So as well as the agriculture project, they're setting up the YWAM base and beginning to build a team around them and so here is a, a team training session as they're looking around God's word uh, together and they have uh, a vision to build a new YWAM base and they've got a plot of land and here is the uh, ground plan of the center they're hoping to build and uh, an artist's impression of what it will look like. I think the swimming pool has been an inspiration from the base in Blantyre where we were blessed with a swimming pool there uh, while we were there. It'd be lovely, you know, in the midst of a, a very arid kind of uh, uh, refugee settlement there to have a, a lovely base like this, which will be a testimony of blessing for the community. Anyway, as a step of faith, they've started to lay the foundations. They certainly don't have the resources or the money at the moment to build the whole thing, but they started on the foundations. And um, I have got a, a short um, a video that they have sent, which uh, shows them building the foundations, putting the, uh, the base brickwork in and so on. Uh, lovely picture of... Uh, Fallon with uh, hope strapped to her back, African style, laying some bricks 
uh, as well. So uh, what I, I'll put the link to that video in the next um, emu so that you can uh, you can see that. It's just perhaps a little bit long to uh, share this morning. Uh, I, oh, I've got Dean and Susie Dugmore. We know that should be Dan and Susie Dugmore uh, in the picture here. Um, and we know Dan and Susie, they've been to Livingstones, they uh, uh, were from Eastbourne, and um, they now have a, a new enhanced role uh, roving uh, over uh, many YWAM bases in, in Southern Africa. Um, but they will keep in touch with Trezor and Fallon in, in, in Dezuleka. But their main, main support will still come from the YWAM base in Blantyre. So Dan and Susie have really moved on from Blantyre themselves now to this wider ministry, but um, uh, Trezor and Fallon with their team will be looking back to Blantyre. And um, one of the new team leaders in Blantyre is um, Patrick uh, standing there on the left. Uh, and this picture was taken when we were uh, there uh, ourselves and you can see uh, Jacob, we, we presented them with some footballs for their youth work. Um, uh, Patrick is an amazing guy. I worked with him uh, on a pastor's retreat for uh, a weekend and I just had such a blessing. So to know that Patrick is going to be overseeing or partly overseeing the work in uh, Lilongwe in, in, in uh, Desalaika is, is a great blessing. So uh, just uh, to finish with uh, something that uh, Trezor wrote in their newsletter, and again, I'll be putting the link into their newsletter in the next e-news, but this is an extract from it. And I, can't that. Uh, we have understood that it is often in time of crisis that God calls us to a deeper faith and relationship with him. As a refugee, we don't have any excuse to do, not think, or project something in future because of our identity that we have. In other words, being a refugee does not disqualify us and the situation that we are passing through. Life is a matter of choice that we make. Sometimes we are afraid of stepping out because we focus too much on our current situation of life that we are passing through, instead of focusing on what God is expecting us to do. Today, our refugee identity has helped us to do tremendous things that we could never have believed to do in our life. I wouldn't be able to preach if I was in the DRC. But today, I do it. Sometimes things can happen into our life so that our life can have time or opportunity to reach the promises of God that he has planted in us. If I started to look back to the life that I had compared with the new life that I have in Christ, it is practically different. God has made us new and we are proud to be proclaiming his kingdom. Today many people have given their lives to Jesus Christ and want to be part of us. 
So there we are. And uh, Livingstones, we uh, contribute uh, monthly to this project. And we were actually committed to support to the end of 2020. Um, our, our support said we want to see them established and, and, and the agriculture self-financing. Uh, we haven't discussed what we might be doing at the end of 2020. So maybe uh, you might like to uh, bring any words from the Lord about that, that you, you might feel. But that's just to really bring you up to date with uh, how we as a church are partnering with this wonderful project um, in, in this uh, massive uh, refugee camp in Africa and how, uh, in a small way, we are able to see uh, God's kingdom grow and flourish in, in that place. Now, at this point, I'm going to ask Jeanette to share a word with us and then we're going to go back into breakout rooms and I'm not sure whether we go back into the same ones or whether you'll be in a new one uh, there's a nice surprise uh, to think about um, so I'm going to ask Jeanette to share and then we're going to go back into our rooms for a, a, a time of prayer and um, and then we will close the meeting Jeanette thank you yeah thank you Martin this morning I was um, that was a very uh, encouraging word from Trezor, wasn't it? Um, this morning I was praying for our church, certainly in light of um, uh, yesterday's um, news from Boris um, regarding the new, the new uh, restrictions or, or opportunities, however you want to call it. Um, and so I was praying for us as a congregation. Um, and the first thing I, I want to share is um, Isaiah 26, verses uh, 3 and 4. And that is, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the eternal rock. So um, I feel that's the first thing, is Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. And as I was um, meditating on that and, and just, just asking the Lord about, about our fellowship and everything, the pitch that I got was, was a hen, and we as members of the congregation where the chicks and and what was very encouraging was that we all ran under the shelter of the wing of the hen which which was marvelous that's and and Jesus talks about that but we weren't looking into the hen as such we were under the shelter but looking out um, and what we were looking upon, and this now goes back to the prophecy that, that we, we looked at back in March from John Groves, um, and I don't recall all the details, but certainly there was a big wall, a big fortress, and his, his prophecy was that the unbelievers were the other side of the fortress, but it was... Um, uh, fiery darts, as it were, of prayer and praise that was going to in 
enact or um, things of God. Okay, so we as a congregation were un, in under the shelter of the wings of the hen, looking out, and we looked upon the fortress walls, but they were gold. And the the understanding I get of that is: Do you remember when we did the study of the temple? And I think it was Sue Ralph who did the prayers of the incense bowl, the prayers of the saints. And we know in Revelation, at a certain point, that the the bowls of prayer of the saints is tipped out. In other words, God then acts. And I want felt that He wanted to encourage us as a congregation, but also the the church, that the prayers and praises that we have been doing over the past six months are being heard by God. And that gold is the beginning of God doing transformational work. So it's an encouragement that the prayer and the praises of the saints is heard from God, that which was a fortress is now gold. And if you remember the cities of the New Jerusalem, New Jerusalem is gold. All right. So, so be encouraged. We're under the shelter of the Lord and we're looking out. So, so life is good. <laughs> thank you, Martin. Jeanette, thank you so much. And I've, it, it's, it's lovely to... I think the the link that I'm making here that you you mentioned also and that Clozor mentioned is that the this time is not a time for retrenchment, but there there is a time for opportunity. And at the moment, although there are physical restrictions, the opportunity for prayer and worship still. Uh, remain and and particularly the opportunity to pray in fact I mean corporate worship is more difficult um, but the worship of our hearts but also to pray so what I want to do is to is to take us now into back into our rooms uh, we will uh, have uh, a few minutes about five minutes of prayer and in that time of prayer just pray, pray your heart out, but you may wish to pray particularly for our friends in Malawi, uh, uh, looking outwards there, uh, to pray for living stones, to pray for ourselves, to pray, Lord, uh, you know, bless the leaders of our nation as we go forward. Whatever is on your heart, let's cry out to the Lord in prayer. And, and, and ask particularly that the Lord will take what might seem to be restrictions in our current situation, that the Lord will give us the openings that they will become opportunities. So uh, into your rooms in a moment, as I say, I'm not, I don't know about this. I can't guarantee you'll be in the same group this time. It might be randomly selected with new people. Right. Okay. Let's go on. So that's fantastic. I love it when people say we needed more time to pray. (laughs) So that's good. Um, Now, here's here's the notices. Uh, 
Tuesday is Stoke the Fire prayer. Zoom prayer. Uh, so it will be on Zoom. Uh, so it'll be like this. But we again can now we've discovered rooms, the breakout rooms. We can get into our smaller groups and pray as well. Um, so do uh, so that will be seven thirty, and I'll be sending out the link uh, for that uh, in the next twenty four hours. Um, Alpha starts on Wednesday, and that is a seven forty five start. And I've sent out the um, no, I haven't. You have to register for that. So if you if you have someone that you you know would like to join with a friend of yours, and you'd like to be there with them, then um, then we'll we can send out the the link. Uh, uh, for that and and it will be a fairly normal alpha without the food sadly which will be <laughs> the showing of the video uh, and then the opportunity to chat and discuss um uh, picking up the themes uh from the from uh, the video uh which andy will be leading i'm just checking to see so next week it's i mean again uh, uh, well, I, I, it's, it's it's more it's more than a likelihood. Uh, you know, we're back on Zoom next week with with what we are hearing at the moment. We we need to just digest um, the news exactly. Uh, pray for community wise. Looks like we'll have to close the shop. Um, looks like quite a number of the uh, uh, part uh, well, the activities in the centre will probably have to close again. Uh, so we just keep, uh, if you remember to pray for the trustees that we might have the wisdom to know uh, how to respond uh, to all of that. Uh, next week, uh, when we meet on Sunday, it will be communion. So um, it looks like we'll be back to uh, communion in our homes uh, once again, as, as we have, have done before. Good. OK, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Uh, share my screen again. We're going to pray two prayers together, both from Scripture. And um, the first one is the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and just just remember, as we pray the Lord's Prayer, pray pray it conscious of the present situation that we we are in, and then uh, we'll pray a, a, a benediction uh, together. So let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in, in heaven, hallowed be your, be your name. Your kingdom, your kingdom come, your will, will be done on earth in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let's pray this together. We ask God to fill us with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We pray this so we may live lives worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. 
bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. May we be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that we may have great endurance and patience. Amen. Joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loved, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. Thanks be to God. Amen. God bless you all. May, may the Lord be with you. So our prayer is that God will strengthen us all in a deep way, strengthen you in your innermost being. Uh, those of you going back to work into uncertain situations, uh, thinking, how is our family life going to be working out in this new world as we go back into lockdown? Uh, wondering about What's it going to be like living on my own again and I'm not being able to get out and see people again? All of that stuff. God is going to do a new thing in us. He's going to do something greater in us and through it. And uh, he, he's, his providential care over all of this is still there for you and for me and for all of us. And as Jeanette has encouraged us, let's shelter under the shadow of the wings of the Lord, but not in a kind of fearful sort of way, but knowing from that place of security, we can look outwards to see the opportunities that God's doing. Let's use our prayers, particularly our prayers at this time. Remember about the groanings, you know, when you're groaning, that's, that's a prayer to God, and the Spirit is groaning with you. So let's, let's recognize the power of the prayer of the, of the, the weakest saint. What the hymn writer said? Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon their knees. Um, so we're really encouraging one another in, in these days. God is with you and it's a transformative time may not feel like it we don't go by sight we walk by faith god is at work so god bless you this week be encouraged 